Hands up, who wants to be leader of the National Party? Well, in the end, there was only one hand up. Chris Luxon's. I bring a fresh set of eyes, and what I see is that this place and this country needs a real shake-up. We are the reset. He's the leader after a dramatic week triggered by Judith Collins' shock late-night press release. After a chaotic 24 hours that saw Judith Collins level allegations at former leader Simon Bridges... Bridges has been demoted and stripped of all of his portfolios effective immediately. What we saw yesterday was truly desperate stuff from Judith Collins. Some breaking news this morning. A National Party source has confirmed to me that the chance of a leadership spill is highly likely. Before the caucus ousted her from the top job. Standing by her late-night bombshell. And I've done everything I possibly could, and I just wish everyone well. Do you regret last month's statement? Never. And according to party convention, I have assumed the role of interim leader. You know what, I don't mind that Retty's the interim leader. I mean, the main reason being, if you're going to do this, try and do it properly, right? So, have they done it properly? I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly, and today on The Detail, I'm joined by Tim Murphy, newsroom co-editor, who's been observing national politics for many years. Tim, is this what you expected? It is a bit. Our political editor, Joe Moyer, wrote on Friday, the day after the, the meltdown, that he was the likely guy. And the reasons then were the same as they are now, really, that you either go backwards and try and patch up and put the same kind of issues and personalities forward or you take a clean break. And I think they have. And the way it played out, you know, we were hearing that it was neck and neck, but then an announcement by Simon Bridges that he was pulling out. What would have happened there? Well, it was, apparently. Um, and Richard Harmon and Politic had the numbers, the initial number read at 18, Luxon, 15 to Bridges, including themselves. The critical thing there was that five of Luxon's 18 were Judith Collins and her four people, a kind of ragtag group of Judith supporters. And what that would have meant was that if Luxon won it, he won it almost owing it to that group. From Bridges' point of view, that would have been the worst outcome. Um, so f once that's weighed in and the negotiations continue and there's still a gap and that gap is covered by that small group, who are the, the, the kingmaker, if you like, mm -hmm. uh, I think Luxon was able to convince Bridges that the best thing was then going to be for Bridges to come on board with Luxon to make a supermajority. Uh, and in that way, interestingly... You know, Judith Collins trying to out and demolish Simon Bridges' bid for her job and then ending up herself out of a job. So she partly achieved that, but in a way, Bridges has returned the favour by seeing that her influence with Luxon's new administration might have been outsized because of her vote that she might bring. And so by bringing his people in and giving up his own uh, bid... Basically, it renders her group and her way less important. Their bargaining chips are way less effective. And so Luxon has a, with Bridges in tandem, there'll be some agreement, has a cleaner sweep at things. God, it's politics, isn't it? <laughs> well, and, you know, I think there are 15 people supposedly who were uh, for, for Simon Bridges. Some will probably be re relieved that, He's seen the writing on the wall and has pulled out. They may have been voting for him out of loyalty, out of you know being impressed with him last time, but not sure. 
So some might say, okay, he's he's got out of the, the he's got out of the game. Luxon's now the leader, and that's good for unity. Mm. There might be a few who actually don't favour the Luxon and experience approach, but but in general, it does give them a big group who are willing to get in behind this guy. And is that it now for Simon Bridges? Well, not in politics, probably. Mm. And he may well, as all the speculation has been, now have got himself, which will, I guess, be announced in the next day or two, uh, a role that he wants. So it could be finance, um, which is a you know prominent spokespersonship. Mm. Um, other political leaders who have you know had to bow out, had to give up the race, uh, have fashioned themselves again into other roles. Uh, so I think he will find something and he'll be around, whether he'll be, you know, promoting his book quite as hard and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, signing television cameras in ostentatious plays for leadership are probably gone, yeah. OK, Chris Luxon or Christopher Luxon. My parents and my wife call me Christopher. Uh, my brothers and my friends call me Chris and um, a lot of other people call me CML and I'm sure many of you will call me lots of other names. Who is he? Because people even get his name mixed up. People call him Chris Luxton. Yeah, Christopher, I think. That mm-hmm. says a little bit. Sort of has a formal tinge to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Christchurch born, Howick raised, uh, pu- public schools out there, um, Howick College. He posted a, a picture on his Facebook site of him in fourth form with his group. And there was lots of favourable mentions from the classmates, I noticed, in the comments underneath. Canterbury University uh, and then went offshore, or sorry, here and offshore with Unilever, the global um, conglomerate, working in the end in Canada as their CEO uh, out of Toronto. Before he came back to New Zealand in, a, in an executive role, not as CEO, but then graduated to that when Rob Fife left. Uh, it's a big job. And he held that for seven years as CEO of Air New Zealand. They have something like 10,000 or so, or maybe more uh, employees, vast billions of assets, which are government-owned essentially, uh, at their disposal. Uh, And also an essential service, obviously, to the country, both in trade, but also domestically, and and bringing New Zealanders and others here, and tourism, a very big influential role. And was he successful in that role? I think he was. I think those who worked with him at a senior level, are very still supportive and loyal. You do hear of people who say, I worked at Air New Zealand and you mm. know, he wasn't great to work with and so, so on. But I do know that some of those close to him are still very, at the top of the airline, are still very positive. He formed this um, relationship with John Key that has endured and, and there's all the talk that Key has been you know, supporting and guiding in his political career, most recently over the weekend in the last few days. But he's a guy who wanted to come back. That's one interesting thing. You know, he'd done the big OE to a successful level, had this desire to be a politician and, a, and to lead the country. It's in common with Key, actually, that, that you know, that, that they weren't accidental or just tribal party political people. They had their own ambition to be Prime Minister of the country, which, you know, people always say you grow up in New Zealand wanting to be an all-black and so on, but how many really actually grow up that? And similarly, be a very tidy number who would want to grow up and be Prime Minister, but those yeah. two were. Yeah. I've watched him at close quarters at a couple of public meetings, and he's got a lot better at, at that retail politics. What does that mean? Well, it's standing up in front of people. Uh, in this instance, people who weren't happy, this was about a, a East Auckland, Pakaranga, 
um, highway uh, busway project. Lots of angry residents. He and Simeon Brown, the local MP for Pakaranga, were both there with uh, Auckland Transport. Auckland Transport got most of the irritation, but the MPs, you know, had to bring these issues to them on behalf of this group. I thought Luxon did it pretty well. He ended up, even though there were two MPs there and, and they were just two of a group on the stage, but he certainly was the person who kind of chaired it, uh, led it. And, and in a way, people talk about command presence with people. He kind of exhibited the command presence on that stage. You know, uh, none of these business or finance people are perfect. You know, he had a couple of sweeping, I thought, but naive contributions that night as well. We've hardly heard from him, even in opposition in Parliament. And I know that he hasn't had the same opportunities because of COVID and because of the lockdowns we've been in. But he hasn't stood out, has he, in the House even? No. Even from his intake, probably, those who came in in 2020, you wouldn't say he would be the most prominent of them. But in the background, I was interested in this. I had a good look today at his Facebook, as I mentioned, but also his electric websites. He's done a lot of uh, on-the-ground work with other national MPs. Um, I I see a lot of attention to immigration and also uh, some education issues. Obviously, the three waters and local government stuff was his area. He he pushed that along but didn't get much take. He wasn't Mm. a prominent voice, really. Uh, And in fact, the leader, Judith Collins, took on some of that three waters so perhaps he was shoved out of the way a bit. But no, he's not been above the line. He's not someone who's apparently been walking the press gallery corridor at Parliament much, as some do, who are mm. self-promoters or who are uh, ambitious careerists. So no, I, I think he's kept, and it might have been deliberate, might have been just keep things on the down low, learn, 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 uh, get out and do some community stuff, public meetings and so on, and, and just get to a point where you feel familiar. Um, He did a lot of that too before he actually came into Parliament. So he had about a year between Air New Zealand, getting this election, being the candidate. And I think he swatted a lot. It'd be an interesting tale to know how much professional political assistance, how much sort of immersion he went through in that first year. What do you make of this last week? How much damage... Has it done? I think we all felt that Judith Collins was going to go at some point because she was polling so badly. But the way it's all panned out has been pretty chaotic, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure how the public will take it. There's a bit of drama and a bit of entertainment and a bit of, you know, a pox on all their houses in the reaction, I think. But reasonably rapidly, what are we now? We are Tuesday as he becomes leader, mm. and it was Wednesday night that she pulled the trigger on her trap and waiting for um, bridges. So, you know, within six days, uh, it's been cleared up. They have removed a messy contest. They have selected someone who hasn't been part of those years. Today, we are drawing a line under the events of the last four years, and we are putting them behind us. What he wants us to forget is the revolving door of leaders since Bill English quit. There was Simon Bridges, then... Kia ora, good evening. Meet the new leader of the National Party, Todd Muller. And just 53 days later... Well, as you will have heard by now, just over two months to the election, and the brand-spanking new leader of the National Party has resigned. 
Enter Judith Collins, leader for 499 days until last Thursday. Good uh, afternoon, everyone. The National Caucus met this morning to discuss a press release issued last night about an allegation of an historic comment made by the Honourable Simon Bridges towards the Honourable Jackie Dean. The caucus was concerned with the content of the press release and the process by which it was issued. The caucus moved a motion for a vote of no confidence in the leader and that motion was successful. As a result, the Honourable Judith Collins is no longer the leader of the National Party. So now, promises of a fresh start. And I want to say to all New Zealanders, if you're one of the 413,000 voters who moved away from us, my message to you is very simple. National is back. He's only been there for one of the four years that they've been out in the wilderness mm. and wasn't even there when Todd Miller was leader for that period. You know, it was there under Collins, but only Collins. So he hasn't been party to it. And so I think they, they turn a page quickly, start another narrative, present another person. I, I don't know that it's any more damaging than the months and months and months before that of self-inflicted damage um, from who they had in charge, but also what was going on and behind. Really, in the end, it seemed like there was no choice. The choice was someone who'd already been dumped as leader and this absolute newbie. Well, there was. There was the choice between going backwards and, and uh, having some surety, perhaps, of a devil you know, mm. uh, and, and an experienced kind of person who you had a whole lot of hope in. Uh, but you're right, the, it's a comment itself that they've exhausted and run through their leaders, their potential leaders of almost a sub-generation of National Party MPs, mm. and they've run through them all, so they've got to a point now where they've got to the next stage. And some others beyond that probably aren't ready, and they won't want to engage with any other ones for a few years. But, yeah, it does make a comment on how fast they had exhausted their options. Now, I guess much has been made of my relative newness to Parliament, but to be honest, I see it as an advantage. We talked about the fact that Christopher Luxon, a lot of people, you know, hardly know who he is. He's kind of got an appearance that you could mix up with another, at least one other MP, national MP. Does that matter in the end, do you think? Well, there are a couple of fellow baldies in there, um, and, you know, the He'll be a sitter for a takeoff by that guy um, when it gets to television <laughs> satire. But, uh, you know, I mean, who's not really? I think pretty rapidly he'll be the other guy. There'll be Jacinda and Labour and there'll be the other guy. Um, and he's distinctive. Mm. Uh, look, he's fresh-faced. He's got a good smile. He does, I think, uh, have something to say uh, about issues of social equity and, and some of these things. But in terms of the economy and trade and immigration and tourism and MIQ and some of these things that are big, huge plays in the front of people's minds now, he'll be more well-appointed to talking about that stuff than quite a few others. So you might you know, not think you're looking at a beginner or a newbie uh, when those subjects are being retailed and gone through. So quite a bit is made of his Christianity, does that, do you think that matters? 
I'm not sure. Uh, I've seen, you know, um, discussion that his views on his votes and his views on moral issues will turn a whole lot of people off, and and that's probably so. Whether they are people that hear national need as well, you know, they'll be weighing that. But also, he, he said, and most people with a faith when they go into these roles say, this is a private matter that is not, it doesn't influence my politics, which is kind of hard to mm. rationalise. But, but well, I think what they mean is they're there as a representative politician first and guided by their own you know, moral and, and uh, personal viewpoints. But he's interesting because he was born, raised Catholic initially, uh, and has then worshipped really at uh, a range of non-denominational Anglican um, evangelical church groupings. Uh, he was associated with one in Newmarket that he's no longer associated with that had some controversial kind of alt-right um, content from one of its pastors, but he moved away from that some years ago. Um, I think, uh, you know, probably timed in with when he was thinking about politics. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's it's hard to pin it whether New Zealanders just shrug and say, well, that's him, that's his personal stuff, uh, or whether they think, you know, this is a sort of a suspicious kind of what's in behind here kind of play. The whole thing has been entertaining, hasn't it? But it's really serious, and the fact that... He is the fifth national leader in such a short period of time. It's almost like Australian-style politics. Does this say something in particular about the National Party? Well, no, only because Labour had four, you know, immediately beforehand. And they came to their last option 50-something days before the election and picked someone who was reticent, uh, felt that she wasn't ready, um, obviously had more parliamentary experience and political machination experience. Uh, it does say a bit about the political parties themselves and their willingness to not be poll-driven fruitcakes and to hold their nerve and to see qualities that they want to go with and you know remain with um, that probably don't exist now. Yeah. Um, I, so I don't think it's national only, and I don't think it's New Zealand only, but I do think political parties... And those making these choices need to be a little less, you know, frightened by their own shadows. One of the things that National has been criticised for is so much leaking, isn't it? Would that be a priority to, to kind of make sure that it doesn't happen all over again? Well, you've got to hope, hope not yeah. as media. Yeah. Um, but putting that aside, <laughs> the self-interest of uh, all journalists uh, and people who want to know before they're supposed to know. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, but, you know, any group of humans put together in a committee or a group, you know, the chance to tell something first, but also to tell something at the disadvantage of someone who might be seen to be rivaling for the same thing, very hard to keep that under control. In successful times, people don't. So even this government, which mm. is you know in the ascendancy for a while, but now hit harder times, there hasn't been much leaking out of dissatisfaction within anywhere within Labour. It's been pretty well kept. But that's when things are running for you. Uh, tends that people keep to themselves and keep stuff maybe up their sleeve. Um, mm. The kind of uh, almost um, assassination political manoeuvres like Judith Collins tried the other day. Uh, that's less 
prominent. You know, it used to be said that Muldoon had signed resignation letters in his bottom drawer and it was almost like she kept the, you know, Jackie Dean told me this about Simon Bridges in the bottom drawer and then... Well, did got, she? That's a big question. Got triggered by one thing mm. too many, you know, and yeah. then bang. Was it Simon su- signing the uh, Well, that's why I wondered <laughs> that. I wondered whether he just got a bit too theatrical in that he, I'm, I'm coming for you, Judith, kind of uh, posturing. And something triggered it, mm. and uh, away she went. Can Christopher Luxon be our Prime Minister in two years' time? I'd say it's possible. Um, Nationals had 16 leaders now. Eight of them have become Prime Minister. He'd be the ninth of that group. So it's a reasonably high strike rate. Uh, also, this government will come to the end of two terms. Four years of their two terms will have been COVID and pandemic-driven. Mm. Uh, the New Zealand public tend to get a bit sick of their politicians at the two-term mark. Um, some make it back to three um, with coalitions. But, you know, I would think another year from now, so it's sort of five years into the government and beyond that, there'll be a, a mood change that will even things up even more than they are now. doesn't say Labour and the Greens couldn't still hold off and, and win that, but... You'd give the centre-right and Luxon a chance, given the circumstances that you'd anticipate. More pandemic, more um, measures that might affect how you live your life, less chance for a government to talk and do as much in other areas than they'd hoped. So a centre-left government wanting to do some big things might not have that... um, leeway in that room that you'd hope with the majority they had they, they could the other thing is that if Luxon's like Key uh, part of Key's mastery was throwing things overboard so here was something National in his day had backed he didn't think it was doing them any favours it was a lightning rod for some some opposition it painted them as backward it wasn't with the kind of zeitgeist and Key would just chuck it overboard and so there was you know, various things he did, smacking legislation, um, even with the Māori seats. You know, he put that aside and said, no, National won't have a policy to go into the election to abolish the Māori seats. Mm. Sideline these things, get them out of the way, because they're just things that might imperil the, you know, the, the chance. And if Luxon can do that with various things and neutralise some things that currently are negative for them, you know, you'd have to say it's a chance. Um, he'd have to hit the ground well after the summer, and he'd have to be good, yeah. whether he's as good as his mentor. I think you've got to look at politicians and leaders like this and say, if you were having a barbecue and he was a guest of your neighbour over the back fence and they brought him over, you know, how would you think that'd go? And, and I, from just having a, a cursory look at him up close and, and uh, seeing how he interacts with people, I think he's got that ability just to come and fit in, be relatively modest... Uh, interested and able to talk about things, you know, generally instead of interestingly. Yeah. Uh, I think people have that. Jacinda Ardern certainly got it. Uh, and actually happened once at a, a late afternoon pre-Christmas thing that I was at. Um, she rocked up and it was fine, you know. Yeah, uh, so But, and Key had it for sure, you know. And so you got to, just that, you know, that they're not dicks and they won't kind of, you know, either make you feel small or stupid uh, or cause controversy overtly that's going to ruin your social occasion. 
That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded by NZ On Air and is a joint newsroom RNZ production. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. Alexia Russell and Jesse Chang produced this episode. Adrian Holley engineered it. And thanks to Tim Murphy. Kakite anō.